Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. Uh, today as we step into 2023, I want to speak a little bit into being spirit-led. And so the title for today's session is Spirit-Led. Often at this time of the year, we rightly so are speaking about things like goals, vision. Uh, but what if we decided to be a people who followed the Spirit of God and allowed our goals and strategies and vision to flow out of that, instead of us trying to come up with it in our own strength, instead of us trying to figure it out, what if we allowed the Spirit of God, out of the overflow of following Him, to inform our decisions, our goals, our vision for the year? If you are new to our podcast, welcome, and welcome to everyone else who listens week in and week out. Thank you so much for joining us. As far as possible, as many of you know, we release this podcast every Tuesday. Um, and the point is simply this, that we want to gather around Scripture. We want to come around the Word of God with maybe a cup of coffee or tea or perhaps on your way to work or dropping the kids off. Perhaps you're exercising as you're listening to this. Whatever you're doing, that's fine. But we just want to gather around the Word of God and ask, how can we become more like Jesus? How can we reflect him more? How can we relate to him better? How can we fall more in love with him? So uh, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you are on. And let's dive into today's session. So again, the question today is simply this, how do you and I follow the spirit of God and allow everything else to flow out of that relationship? How can we be a spirit-led people? Obviously, we're going to go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4 says this. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them, rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I, I know this is such a familiar piece of Scripture and and you may have heard it many times preached. You may have read it many times. But sometimes when it's common, when it's familiar, we can miss the beauty and significance of what it meant for the disciples to be filled and directed by the Holy Spirit. So a couple of thoughts. The first one is that we have to wait on His timing. And we've spoken about this before. But God's timing is not the same as ours. We often try and fit God into a calendar or a diary that we have created. We ask God to show up when and how it's convenient for us. But we need to grasp that God is not as into convenience as we are. He's not as into our comfort as we may be. God knows when things need to happen and how they need to happen. And so the first thing we need to understand when it comes to being spirit-led is waiting. We need to learn to wait on His timing. We need to learn to wait on His schedule. This means that waiting is a very spiritual exercise. However, waiting is not a passive thing. When I'm at home waiting uh, for whatever reason, um, waiting for Cheryl to get home, waiting for the kids to get back, uh, I'm not sitting on the couch in front of the TV doing nothing. I know that may be hard for you to believe, but that's not what I'm doing. If she has the kids, what I might do at home is I might run their bath for them so that when they get home, they can jump straight into the bath, or I might start supper. I'll make sure the home she arrives to is clean and tidy because Waiting for her has never been an active, uh, has never been a passive thing for me. It's always been an active thing. I want Cheryl to arrive into an environment that has been thought through and prepared for her. I want her to walk into a house that says, We've been expecting you. We've been anticipating what you might want, what you might need. We want the home you arrive to to represent our heart for you. And so for me, when I'm waiting for Cheryl, when I'm waiting for the kids, I'm I'm actively waiting, not passively waiting. 
And this year, I think we need to see waiting in this kind of perspective. When we wait on the Holy Spirit, when we're waiting on God's timing, are we setting an atmosphere in our lives that speaks to the Holy Spirit, that we're expecting Him, that we're anticipating Him, what He wants to do, what He wants to achieve in and through us? Are we cultivating an atmosphere in our lives that says to the Holy Spirit, we were eagerly waiting? Following the Spirit means living in a way that says, I am anticipating you. And when you choose to move, when you choose to speak, I'm ready and waiting. I have anticipated. I have waited well. The second thing about being spirit-led is tuning in, listening to his sound. The moment the Holy Spirit arrived on Pentecost, they saw a flame. They heard a sound like the rushing of the wind. And I love how Leonard Sweet puts this. He says that the, there was first a, a sound and then there was a flame. There was a vibration before there was a vision. And often before we see what God is doing, we hear what God is saying. Before anyone saw a ray of light, creation heard the words, let there be light. Before we see, we hear. So if we are to be spirit-led people, have we tuned into the sound of the Holy Spirit? This is a sound that doesn't always make sense, especially to our faculty of reason or even our expectations. How weird must it have been to hear wind but not felt any air move? I wonder if it messed with them for a moment. I wonder if people started looking for evidence of wind and yet all it was was a sound. It doesn't have to make sense to our other senses. When we hear the sound of the Holy Spirit, we don't necessarily have to have corroborating evidence. It may just be a sound. When Ezekiel is placed in the valley of dry bones and is told to speak to the bones to become an army, he didn't hear the rattling of shields and swords, the sound an army should make. He heard instead the sound of bones coming together. Sometimes the sound of the Spirit is not what we expect. Sometimes it's a sound calling us to more. So again, are we tuned to the sound of the Spirit? Are we people who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying? And again, going back to that idea of reason, I love the fact that if you were to start a fire, you don't want wind. Many of us, when we start a bry or we start a fire, we try to protect the, the fire from the wind. And so what they saw and what they heard didn't match. But that's okay because the Holy Spirit is not appealing to our reason. He's appealing to our faith. The next thing real quick is living on fire. We see that fire rests on each of the disciples. And the significance of fire is incredible. And there's so much we could speak about right here in terms of the fire. But the question I want to ask is simply this. Are we living on fire for God? Is the fire of God part of our everyday life? What is igniting you? The fire here represents God doing something new in terms of law and covenant. But importantly, the fire rests on people. There is something about the presence of God, the fire of God that rests on people. When David tried to transport the ark of God on a cart in Chronicles and Kings, we know it ended in disaster because the presence of God, the power and fire of God is designed to be shouldered by people. God's presence by design is carried by people. So can I ask you right now, as you listen to this, are you on fire for God? When people look at you, do they see his fire on you? Are you full of his fire and his praise? There are three alternatives that I can think of right now to being on fire for God. One is we can be on fire for something else. And the Bible would define that as idolatry. And this can be anything or anyone. Are we on fire for the wrong thing? Secondly, you may be living without any fire. You may be a heap of coals that have never been exposed to fire. You have the potential to be on fire, but nothing has ever ignited your soul. 
and you have not been ignited yet. Lastly, you may have been on fire once, but something or someone came along and threw a bucket of water on your fire. They told you, like Michael told David, don't be silly, be reasonable. And so if you aren't on fire for God, maybe you're one of these other three things. Maybe you're on fire for something else. Maybe you've never been on fire. And maybe you were once on fire, but now the fire has quenched. Regardless of which of those three things today you are today, can I encourage you to choose to be on fire for God? Get around other people who are on fire for God and let their fire fuel your own. Lastly, so we've spoken about waiting, we've spoken about tuning in, we've spoken about being on fire. Lastly, in order to be spirit-led, we need to be filled to overflowing with the Spirit of God. We see that people who had walked with Jesus for three years needed a filling from the Holy Spirit. Nothing can excuse us or exempt us from needing to be filled with the Spirit. If the disciples needed the Spirit, if Jesus needed the Spirit, you and I have no excuse. Nothing in this world means we don't need Holy Spirit in us and on us. It doesn't matter if you can recite from memory the entire Bible, we need the Holy Spirit. Knowledge never trumps intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And if you're not filled with the Spirit, then we're trying to be led by someone or something else. If you are trying to follow a, the Spirit that you have no relationship with, it's like trying to follow a distant image that you don't quite know. The more filled we are with Holy Spirit, the more we will find we are able to follow Him because it's from the position of intimacy. He can just whisper a word and we know exactly where to go. It's also important to note, we need to be filled to overflowing. We can never have enough of Holy Spirit. In the scripture, we see the overflow come out in their speech. And this is definitely one of the ways we see the overflow of the Holy Spirit manifest. But it also should manifest in our actions, our attitudes, perhaps some other way. The point is not to try and define what overflow looks like, but that there is an overflow. There should always be an overflow when the Holy Spirit fills you. So let me pause here for a moment and ask you a couple of things. Who are you going to follow this year? Are you going to follow your own vision, goals, or are you going to allow the Holy Spirit to inform every area of your life? Are we going to be Spirit-led people? And if we are, does that mean we're going to wait well? Does that mean we're going to tune in? Does that mean we're going to be on fire? And does that mean we are going to allow the Holy Spirit to not just fill us, but to fill us to overflow? My prayer for each and every single one of you as you step into 2023 is that you would know what it means to follow the Spirit. And that every goal you set and every goal you achieve would be in line with who he is and what he's calling you to do. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be so real to each and every single one of us throughout this year. Lead us and guide us, we pray. I pray that we would so be so close to you. Just the smallest whisper from you would direct us left, right, or straight on. So Holy Spirit, right now, I pray for you to be with each and every single one of us in 2023. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I pray that this year is going to be an incredible year for you. And I pray that as we journey together in these Coffee with Jesus uh, podcasts, that you would grow from glory to glory and strength to strength, that God would reveal more to you this year than he's ever done in any other year. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.